Hey there, welcome to the Rim Church Podcast. We're so glad you found us. The Rim Church is based in San Antonio, Texas, and we believe in loving Jesus, building family, and changing the world. Wherever you find yourself today, we trust that it is not by accident that you're listening to this message, and we believe that God has something to speak to you right where you are. For more information on what we're all about, go ahead and visit us at therim.church or follow us on Instagram and Facebook. We hope you enjoy the message. Now today, we're jumping into week two of a sermon series that we're calling When a Church Prays. When a Church Prays. And we're looking at when Jesus... There's a story in scripture where he comes to the temple and he calls his house a house of prayer. Last week we talked about this. My father's house will be called a house of prayer. We just asked this question. If Jesus walked through the doors, what would he find in this house? Would he find a house of preaching? Or even a house of singing? Or would he find it to be a house of prayer? And so we're just going as a church, we don't have prayer figured out, but we know that Jesus does and he teaches us how to pray. And if he calls his house a house of prayer, then we want to pursue being a house of prayer. And last week we talked about this. It's moving from God's house to your house because your house is actually God's house. House of prayer. God's house is a house of prayer. It's moving to your house because your house is actually God's house. And this week we're jumping into week number two. If you're taking notes, the title of today's message is this, from access to activation. From access to activation. is What we're going to see that is that as God's people, prayer gives us access to God and moves us into being activated from God. Prayer gives us access to God and moves us into being activated from God. Now, in our Bible reading plan this week, we find ourselves in the book of Ephesians. Carmel, thank you so much for reading one of our passages for today. Uh, So if you would, I'd love for you to meet me in the book of Ephesians. We're going to be in Ephesians chapter 1, specifically starting in verse 15. So what we're going to see in the book of Ephesians, we think about access is prayer gives us access to two things in the book of Ephesians that we see. It gives us access to spiritual insight and it gives us access to spiritual power. Prayer gives us access to spiritual insight and access to spiritual power. And that word insight is this idea of something becoming clear. Maybe it wasn't clear to me before, but now I'm able to actually see it most fully. It's this idea of, okay, I wasn't quite sure what was going on. It's like if you wear glasses, once you put the glasses on, everything becomes clear. I now have insight, sight in the thing that I'm supposed to be looking at. So Ephesians chapter 1, starting in verse 15, this is what it says. Listen for what we may have access to. This is why, since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I never stop giving thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so you may know what is the hope of his calling, what is the wealth of his glorious inheritance in the saints, 
And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the mighty working of his strength? So if you're taking notes, point number one is this. Prayer gives us access as God's people. Prayer gives us access as God's people. As I was getting ready for this this week, I came across a story of a woman in Oregon. She was homeless and she, uh, she passed away. She was in a lot of need, but it came out after she had died, she had over $900,000 in her bank account that she did not know existed, which is crazy. She had access to something, but she never actually walked in that access. So for so many of us, I think that's a picture of probably what our prayer like is with God. We have access to something that's so great, that's so big, that probably is actually going to solve most of our problems or at least give us peace. But we're not actually walking in the access we've been given. So when it comes to spiritual insight, this is what prayer gives us access to. It gives us access to the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. 1 Corinthians 2.11 tells us that the Holy Spirit the same Holy Spirit that's inside of us actually knows the will of God, knows the mind of God. As the Holy Spirit dwells within us, we have access to actually know God's mind, to know what he thinks about us, to know what he thinks about people. So we think about prayer, it's like, okay, yes, like I pray, I talk to God. We talked about last week, prayer, it's not just a transactional relationship with God. We talked about if you're sitting down with an expert in a subject. You, you pick what you want to learn about. You could have dinner with anyone in the world. Who do you probably want to do the most talking? The expert, right? You're probably not going to say, hey, you know, Jeff Bezos, let me tell you how you should run a company. No, you're probably going to have your pen and notebook out, and you're just going to say whatever you want to say, you just talk because it's going to be good, and I'm just going to write it down, and I'm going to find a way to apply it to my life. But so many of us, that isn't how we view God. We view him as this cosmic genie where it's probably a one-sided conversation, if we're honest. It's just us telling God what we need instead of going, this tells us, hey, we have access to spiritual insight to actually hear God speaking to us, to know who God is and to know his will for our life and maybe even for the life of our neighbors, our friends, our coworkers. So we're just going... We have access to the expert. Like we can actually listen to him. But how many of us actually take the time to stop and go, okay, I have access, but is it just sitting in the bank? Is it just $900,000 that's just sitting there and I'm miserable and I want peace. I want to know what God's will is for my life. And he's saying, hey, I, I can tell you, but you may just need to stop and listen for a little bit. So prayer gives us access to actually know God's mind. It gives us access that the eyes of our heart would be enlightened to two things. To know what is the hope of our calling and to know the wealth of his glorious inheritance. We have access to our hearts actually understanding who we are, our identity. So many of us, what's the biggest issue we're wrestling with? Who are we? I'm in, uh, I'm in counseling right now. It's great. I would recommend everybody to go to counseling. 
And I heard my counselor uh, talk about this thing this past week. And there's, I forget how to say it in Hebrew. I'm not a Hebrew scholar. Uh, but there's this word where the meaning of it, it's where are you? And so they'll ask, it's the same question God asked Adam and Eve in the garden is, where are you? And he's not asking like, okay, are you hiding behind a bush? Like I'm omnipotent, I'm omnipresent, I know physically where you are. But he's asking, where is your heart? Where are you? Like he and his wife will often ask if, if one of them, they're just kind of glazed over, sitting on the couch, binge watching TV. They'll just ask, where are you? Not just physically where you are. Like I can tell you're sitting here on the couch, but where is your heart? Where are you? And prayer gives us access to actually know where we can be. To know who we were made to be. To know that our, the eyes of our heart would be enlightened to know what is the hope of our calling and to know the wealth of his glorious inheritance. We see that prayer gives us access to the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe. Anybody know what the definition of immeasurable is? It's pretty simple. It means it doesn't have measure. Uh, it's, it's, it's immeasurable, right? So you're just thinking, we have access to the immeasurable greatness of God's power. Wow. Like, that's crazy. Like, I, again, we, if you grew up in church, these are things that I've heard. I've re read the book of Ephesians multiple times. But just going, we actually have access to the immeasurable greatness of God's power. Does that affect us at all? Or is it just $900,000 that's just sitting in the bank and I'm just living my life? I'm going to live life in my power. I'm going to live life the way that my heart dictates it to be lived. Instead of going, we literally have access to know God's will. To know what his mind is. To actually sit there and go, God, you're the expert. What do you want to do today? Anybody watch The Chosen? Kent is my favorite Chosen buddy. Kent loves The Chosen. And what I love about The Chosen, if you haven't seen it, is it shows the humanity of Jesus. And there's this episode where he, he's going and you see him healing all these people. And after he's healed all these people, he's come back to his tent like he's exhausted. Like he's dirty. Like he's haggard coming back to his tent. Like he's, I'm going to bed. I think this is beautiful picture of you. I think, Pastor Drew, you've talked about it, of, you know, Jesus got alone to be with the Father. And a lot of people would speculate that he was getting alone to be with the Father, and the Father was downloading the agenda for the day. Jesus was sitting there listening. Father, what do you want to do today? What's your will? We have access to know God's will. We have access that the eyes of our heart might be enlightened. We have access to the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe. So we have access to spiritual insight, but do we care? Do a lot of us just go, you know what? I've got a really great vision for my life. I've got a really great plan for how I'm going to be successful, how I'm going to be rich, how I'm going to have a lot of kids. I'm even going to have some leftover, but just going... Have you asked God about that plan? Because you, you have access to hear him. And sure, maybe it could line up. He, may, but have you asked? Or have you just told him what your plan is and said, hey, would you bless this? But prayer gives us access to actually go, God, you are the expert. And I'm sitting there. And whatever you want to say, would you speak? 
for so many of us, I think the starting point for this is it's just starting with stopping and actually creating space. Maybe that's 15 minutes a day. It's hard. And all the books I'm reading, it takes about four weeks of sitting in silence before you actually begin to have your heart in a posture where you can receive whatever it is that God wants to say to you. I'm like on day eight right now. Haven't gotten much. Uh, I'm still waiting for that whole four-week thing. But I can tell my heart is beginning to go, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm stopping. And I'm learning that I'm not just chasing this experience, this magical presence that's supposed to show up. Even if I never get anything, the pursuit of hearing God's voice is still better. The pursuit of stopping, the pursuit of hearing it is still better because he's the expert and I'm not. And so I'm willing to stop and try and listen to the expert than try and live life on my own because I have access to know what God's will is so that my eyes of my heart might be enlightened and access to the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe it. But do we walk in it? Now, let me say this. As we're hearing God speak, maybe, maybe we'll actually take up the challenge of stopping once a day, maybe 15 minutes. Have a piece of paper there with you and a pen or a journal and just write down whatever it is that you think God may say to you. But let me say this. This isn't something where you just get to come up with God saying anything you want him to say. Because your mind can go to a lot of different places. And so as you're doing it, there's two really important things. You need to have your Bible and you need to have a people. Cults get started when you only have one or the other. When it's just you and your Bible with nobody else to process, is this true? That's how cults have gotten started. If it's just you with no Bible, with a group of people just coming up with an idea of who God is, that's how cults have gotten started. And so just going, hey, we have access. Like, we believe the Bible is the authoritative and errant authority for our life. But we do not worship this book. We worship the God of this book. This scripture is meant to point us to the God who breathed breath into these pages. It's meant to take us to sit with Jesus. It's authoritative. And so whatever God speaks, it better line up with his word. But also, I'm, I'm just leaving it open for God speaking to me about, hey, go and knock on your neighbor's door. And I'm going to do that. I have access to know God's will. Now, is that contrary to God's word? No, I think I'm supposed to love my neighbor as myself. I've been sent as a missionary. I'm going to talk to my friends about that. Hey, does this sound okay? Great. Let me go do it. But it's in God's word and in community that actually protects us from clarifying God's voice, not distorting God's voice to being actually our voice that we've called God's voice. And because we're calling it God's voice, it's given us permission to live life however we want to live. So what we want to do, so I encourage you, go on this journey with us. Take maybe 15 minutes a day just to sit and listen because you have access to way more than you're walking in. I'm, I'm, I'm talking to myself. And if we do it, then maybe just maybe God would speak. And if he doesn't, the pursuit is still better than what we were doing before. But as you do it, Filter it through the lenses of, of this book, of God's scripture. Filter it through the lenses of community. Because then it actually gets to more people than just you. 
So not only do we have access to spiritual insight, but we have access to spiritual power. Flip with me over to Ephesians chapter 3. Let me say this. Uh, we're looking at a couple of prayers that Paul is praying for people. And you may be going, okay, how does Paul's prayer for someone else teach us about how we're supposed to pray? It's a great question. I'm glad you asked. By very definition, if he's praying for it, A, they're not walking in it, and B, he believes there's some type of correlation between him praying and it coming into effect. If he didn't believe that his prayer had an impact and these things becoming a reality, he wouldn't be praying. He would just be telling them. But he's believing, hey, I actually believe that when I pray, something is going on in the spiritual realm. We're going to get that to... We're going to get to that in just a minute where for many of us, prayer is just an internal thing where it's just about how I connect with God, which is part of it. But prayer is also an offensive weapon that we have to take new ground for the kingdom of God. It's not just something where, okay, this is just about my intimacy with Jesus. This is not just where I get along with Jesus and he just tells me things about myself. Yes, God wants to do that. But prayer is also something that is external, not just internal. We'll get to that in just a little bit. But Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 21 says this. For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. I pray that he may grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power in your inner being through his spirit and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I pray that you being rooted and firmly established in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the length and width, height and depth of God's love and to know God's love that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do above and beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. We have access to spiritual power. Now verse 15, I think it's really important. It says, the father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. I think Paul is very specific to begin there because when you start with God being a father, when you talk about spiritual power, you recognize that it's not your power, it's his power. And he alleviates the pressure of you having to do something instead of you're getting to partner with him and walk in something. When you just start with, I'm supposed to do blank, that gets real slavery. I guess really, I'm, I'm supposed to do something. That's bondage. But when I start with who God is and how he's already working, that's freedom. I get to. Not that I should, I get to. And when I view every family on heaven and earth is named by the Father, that changes how I view my neighbor. That's not just a stranger. And so when I think maybe God's speaking to me to actually go and get to know them, that, that's a crazy idea, right? Actually getting to know your neighbor. When God may ask me to do that, it's going, he's already named them. He already knows them. It's not just me and my effort. It's reminding me of God, he's already named them. I'm walking in his authority and in his power. So we have access to spiritual power. This is what we have access to. To be strengthened with power in your inner being. 
that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you would understand what the love of God is. We talked about this. Prayer, there is very much an internal aspect of it. And prayer gives us access to the spiritual power that the insides of us would be transformed. We talked about this. When we listen to God, it's not so much about us changing God's mind, more about God changing our hearts and tuning our hearts to be where his heart actually is. And unless we stop and listen, God, where's my heart out of alignment with you? We're just asking God to bless our plans. And so stopping, and that's the power of prayer. When you sit there, you're forced to be silent. You're forced to deal with your own insecurities. You're forced to deal with the silence of not being able to do anything, and the world is continuing to go. So, Father, would you change my heart, and would you help me to see where you're already working? Before I came here, after I'm going to go, you've already been at work. And it begins inside of us because it changes our identity. We have access to spiritual power that changes our hearts. That our inner being would be strengthened, that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith. That we would understand what the love of God is. Again, I think it's so important that it starts internal. Our identity shifts. So then when we begin to be activated as God's people, it's a natural byproduct. Our doing doesn't equal our being. We've already become. The word behave literally means to have your being. Like when you're supposed to behave, like walking in obedience, it's just having your being. It's doing what you were made to do. It's not just this forceful thing. It's this, man, my identity has been shifted and now I, I have my being. I'm, I'm walking in accordance. I've listened to God. Now I'm walking in accordance to the things that he's asking me to do because I know it's good for me. I've learned that I can trust his voice. So it starts internally, but then it begins to move externally. And this brings us to point number two. Prayer activates us. Prayer activates God's people. Prayer activates God's people. In Ephesians 1, it says that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. I'm sorry, that's uh, 319 that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. But to understand that, we need to look at Ephesians 1, 23, which says this, which is his body, the church, the fullness of the one who fills all things in every way. I'll read that again. The church, which is his body, is the fullness of the one who fills all things in every way. Our role as the church is to fill all things in every way. That word fill literally means to make complete, to saturate, to fill, to complete. It's this idea of a place that's empty, a place that's dark. It's bringing light to that place. It's bringing hope. It's bringing completion to that place. Our calling as a church is to fill all things in every way as Christ's body. Ephesians 2.10, this goes back to we actually know the mind of God. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. So think about this. Our role is to fill, as the church, all things. 
Jesus has sent you and he sent me not to every space, but to a place to fill. Ephesians 2.10 would say that God's actually already set up the place he's asking you to fill. He's not asking you to fill your neighbor's place or he's at, maybe he's asking you to fill your neighborhood, but maybe it's not my neighborhood. But he does have a place that he's calling you and he's calling me to fill because that's our role as the church. And that's where we begin to see prayer shift from it's not just an internal thing that's for us. It's an external thing that changes reality. 90% of things that happen, it's happening in the spiritual realm. And we see the fruit of it physically. So many of us, we're trying to fight spiritual battles with physical weapons. We're in a war. Listen to what Ephesians 6, 10 through 20 says. Finally, be strengthened by the Lord by his vast strength. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this darkness, against evil spiritual forces in the heavens. And so for this reason... Take up the full armor of God so that you may be able to resist in the evil day, having prepared everything to take your stand. Stand, therefore, with truth like a belt around your waist, righteousness like armor on your chest, and your feet sandaled with readiness for the gospel of peace. In every situation, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray at all times in the spirit with every prayer and request and stay alert with all perseverance and intercession for all the saints. Pray also for me that the message may be given to me when I open my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel. For this I am an ambassador in chains and pray that I might be bold enough to speak about it as I should. If you grew up like me, when I heard about the armor of God, it was very much of, okay, when the enemy is coming against me, it's this defensive thing that I'm wearing that's protecting me. But when you look at the book of Ephesians and our role as a church is to go and to fill all things, we've been sent. This is defensive, sure, But it's also what we wear when we go into battle. When we are moving into the places that God has sent us to fill, we have spiritual weapons that we're using. We're not using physical weapons anymore. We need to realize that church, your boss that you really don't like is not your enemy. Your neighbor that calls the cops on you for who knows why is not your enemy. Until we realize that, until we realize that there's something behind the thing, that there's a spiritual power working, Ephesians 2, 1 through 2 says this, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you previously walked according to the ways of this world, according to the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit now working in the disobedient. What's that telling us? That there is a real enemy who is waging war for your soul, for your neighbor's soul, for your coworker's soul, and is working so that they might not know Jesus. That's a spiritual battle. We need to be a church that has spiritual weapons, that doesn't just have access to God, but gets activated by God to fill the places he's been sent 
us to fill, to bring the good news, the glory, the majesty, the beauty of King Jesus, that Jesus is Lord. That's not a question. Ephesians talks about everything has been subjected under his feet. He's the father that's named every family and he sent us to fill a specific place. But as we step into that place, am I stepping into it in my own strength or am I actually believing that my prayers change something? I've been asking myself this question and been convicted. When was the last time I prayed for my neighbor to know Jesus? Not just my bedtime prayer of God, would you, would you rescue Caleb, bring him salvation, amen. Not just like, I mean going to war for his soul. Like my coworker believing that my prayers spiritually actually change things physically because it does. 90% I would, I would say of what we experience physically is a result of our lack of prayer or our praying spiritually. When we pray spiritually, things physically begin to change. So how do we do this? How do we walk in activation? We pray. We stop and we pray. I, I don't know. We, okay, what's the whole series on prayer? And it's like, okay, how can we talk about prayer for four weeks? It's like prayer has been one of the most boring subjects in my life. But just go I think that shows we've probably never actually really prayed. If we're bored with prayer, we probably have never been taught how to pray. If Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, got alone to be with the Father and to pray, that probably tells us that we might want to consider praying too. As right before he goes to the cross, what is he doing? He's on his knees praying, getting ready for a spiritual battle that was getting ready to take place. See, all throughout the book of Acts, they're praying and they're fasting. And then after they pray and they're fa they fast, stuff happens. They're hearing from God. There's a story in Acts where literally some dude goes, hey, I think God told me there's going to be a famine. And they're looking around like, okay, let's maybe set aside some food. And a famine comes and they have food to provide for all the people. I think if we're bored with prayer, we probably haven't actually learned how to pray. We may not actually realize the type of access we have to God. We may not realize that we've been called to be activated, not just to pray for ourselves, but we've been called to pray for our neighbors, for our coworkers, that we've been sent to fill a specific place and bring the kingdom. So as we begin to wrap this up today, there are two practical steps to begin walking in access and activation. Number one, I guess a couple steps. Pick a place to pray and a place to pray for. Pick a place to pray consistently. I've got a chair in my house. I try and pray. Pick a place that you will consistently pray. But also pick a place that you're going to pray for. The place that you have maybe, maybe ask God, God, where have you asked me to fill? What's the space that you've sent me to? Because if you can't, if you don't know where you've been sent to, you don't actually know how to direct your prayers how to direct your time, how to direct your efforts. But as soon as you go, I think God's called me to love my neighborhood. That informs how you pray, the place that you're praying for. So pick a place to pray and a place to pray for. Number two, pick a time to pray. That you consistently commit. Let's just say this. We've got, I think, 
I guess three weeks left of the sermon series, two weeks, three weeks. Uh, I don't know how the weeks work from Sunday to Sunday. Two or three weeks left. Uh, but maybe you should start out with for the next two weeks. Just commit to the same time, maybe 15 minutes a day, just sitting there and listening and seeing what God does. And number three, pray. Like that's it. I think we'd actually be a people that pray. We wouldn't just talk about prayer. But if we actually realize as a church, we have access to way more than we could ever think or imagine. The God of the universe that created everything, we have access to. We can talk to him. We have access to his power. And all of this is only possible in Jesus. The theme you'll see throughout the book of Ephesians, it's in Christ, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. You're blessed in Christ, through Christ, by Christ. Everything is by, through, in, because of Jesus. Jesus is the access to the Father. It's Jesus, Jesus' spirit, the Holy Spirit at work in us that allows us to live in power. So if you're sitting here today and maybe you go, hey, this sounds great. Let me tell you this, unless you have Jesus, you, that's, that's step number one. We don't, anything we just talked about, it starts with Jesus. It starts with Jesus. So if you don't know Jesus, I encourage you, maybe talk to somebody that you came here with. Or if you don't know anybody, come talk to me. Come talk to Pastor Drew about who is this Jesus that came, he lived, he died, he rose again so that we can be made whole with God. We might be reconciled back to God, that we might be in a relationship, not just to talk to God, but to actually hear from God, to be in a real relationship with a real person. So pray. And as you pray, have a piece of paper and a pen. And whatever you think you may say, just write it down. Worst case scenario, maybe half a tree will be dead and you'll have some less ink. Best case scenario, maybe just maybe the God of the universe, he is speaking. It's not a question of if he's speaking. It's a question of are we listening? And do we want to be in a position to actually listen? We've got uh, for you guys these prayer cards. They look really cool. Uh, We're going to pass them out, I think, in just a minute, right? Yes, got through okay. And uh, all it is, it's a reminder that we've all been sent to fill a space. That God's called us each to fill a space. And so there's a couple, there's a, a sample prayer on here. There's a couple of fill in the blanks where our 120 seconds that we're going to do, it's just going to be this question of God, where have you sent me to fill? Like to actually go and seek your kingdom and to actually commit to praying for my, if it's your workplace, like fill in that blank. Because once you name it, you actually have to deal with it. Once you name it, it's okay, God. Like, I want to I commit. I think you've told me to fill this space. I want to begin to actually do that, to just begin to pray for those people. And let me say this. The end goal of prayer isn't prayer. It's discipleship. The end goal of prayer is I'm asking God, where are you sending me to fill? I'm praying for people. But the end goal of that isn't just that I would just pray for them for the rest of their life. Like, Yes. But the end goal is that I would actually have an opportunity to introduce them to Jesus, disciple them, to show them who Jesus is, and to teach them how to do that with other people. So we take 120 seconds. So we're going to do, just ask Jesus, what are you saying to me? And everything that this crazy guy has said today, 
What are you speaking to me? What's this space that you've sent me to fill? You've given me access to know the will of God, to know God's mind. We have access to actually hear where God has sent us. We actually get to walk in his power as we go. And so just ask yourself, where are you asking me to go? What's this space you're asking me to fill? And maybe just for the rest of the sermon series or this, this year, that you would commit to actually praying for that place, for that people, and begin to be a blessing, to view yourself as sent by God. Not because someone told you, but because the Spirit, God's mind told you. Take 120 seconds. Thanks so much for listening. We hope that today's message resonated with you. It's our hope that you wouldn't be merely inspired, but that you would actually be transformed by something you heard today. At the Rim Church, we always ask two questions when processing God's word. What is God saying to you? And what are you going to do about it? We encourage you to take a moment, reflect, and then to share with a friend or send us a message. We'd love to hear what God is teaching you and how we can help you take your next step in obedience. Until we meet again, we love you, church.